Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 14, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the foreword to the second edition on page X. V-I-I. We will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with with the appearance of the new book and ends on page XVIII with We're on their way to recovery. Today's readers are Tamara C, Beth W, Carmela G, and Marge O. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 13, 2020, are 14,970, that's 14,970 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, and 14,971, that's 14,971 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. It's Tamara C. in South Carolina, uh, compulsive eater and restrictor. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 2 came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you all for being there. Have a great day. Thank you, Tamara C. There's some noise on the line. I will now ask Beth W. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Hi, good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. My name is Beth W. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility, outside enterprise, or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service. Thank you for your service. That's W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes and that you haven't shared in the past three days just to give more people a chance to have a turn. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in the forward to the second edition on page XVII. 
we will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph, which begins with, with the appearance of the new book and ends on page XVIII with, we're on their way to recovery. I will now ask Carmela G. to go ahead and read that for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This is Carmela G., a grateful compulsive the eater recovered from New York. With the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdeck, the noted clergyman, reviewed it with, the, with approval. In the fall of 1939, Fulton Osler, then editor of Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the little New York office, which meanwhile had been established. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and booklets, books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. What a gift. Um, This, to me, shows two things about our addictive personalities. I should say my addictive personality. Every time I heard of something new, I rushed to get it because that was going to be the magic wand that was going to get me thin. And this book coming out was the first time that alcoholism, there was a hope that people could recover. So the inquiries, the families that were suffering, people calling, they wanted an answer. We all want an answer. And even though the mention of God may have turned off many people in the rooms, this was a new idea. So this God could work on magic for us. And people wanted that quick fix. And so... That's how the book initially got out there. But the reality is the substance of the book. There were vital instructions in this book. This book would be our road to happy destiny. The misery, the anger, the pain, if we followed these steps, really worked. And that was the gift, the gift that it really did work. It was just one glitch. You had to follow the simple instructions. And those instructions were the 12 steps. 
You had to work. You just couldn't whine, whine, whine and get it. You had to be willing. But the biggest willingness was to open your heart and the fraudulent behavior that you were so used to doing in the disease had to stop and honesty had to be your main focus. That is the difference of this program. It comes from within, from within us, and we work it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Carmela G., for getting us started. So I just want to remind you that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And if you would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page XVII in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Anita J. Melissa. Anita J. I heard Melissa. Melissa C. Melissa C. And then was it Reva? Leah yes. S. Leah S. And uh, Pam. Wait a minute. Was there a Pamela? Yes, Pamela E. E. And then I already forgot. Was it Sheila, maybe? Yes, Who's Sheila S. Oh, yeah. Sheila S. Or F is in Frank? S is in Sam. Sam, got it. Okay, was there someone in there I missed? I have Anita, Melissa, Leah, Pamela, and Sheila. Really? I could swear there was someone else in there. Okay, does anyone else want to hop on? Reva P. Wait a minute, was that Reva P? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought I heard you before. Reva P. And then who was the other person at the same time as Reva? Geneva Tanya P. P. Okay, there's two. I'll take both your names. One is Geneva. Correct. And the last initial? P. P. And then who else was going on with Geneva? Tanya P. Tanya P. Okay. Did I get everyone who spoke so far and tried to get their name in? No new names, though. Okay, great. Anita, Melissa, Leah, Pamela, Sheila, Reba, Geneva, and Tanya. Anita, go right ahead. Thank you very much. Um, This is Anita from Massachusetts. Uh, Gratefully working this program to the best of my ability. I want to tell you, whenever I have read this, it makes me cry because it it just shows to me how desperate, how desperate they were because it's not, there's a difference between um, looking for a solution for alcoholism and one for uh, food addiction, and that is, there are for food addicts how many hundreds or more types of solutions peddling this and peddling that and um, I tried my share 
I, I never did try those candies because even I knew I could get one a day or whatever the heck it was. But with alcoholics, they were not peddling solutions. They were baffled, baffled. And nobody talked about it. It was uh, shameful. You know, I know as a child of one, um, poor woman, but the point of the story is I've always pictured them huddled over in that little office and painstakingly answering every single question, um, uh, sending out literature. It's always moved me. And um, because this is the first appearance of something, something that might work. And, um, And of course, we know that if you use your whole being and surrender and really follow it step by step, guess what it does? And um, with great gratitude for my recovery, I I want to pass. Thanks, Anita J. Melissa C. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning, Rebecca. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, um, you know, I guess what grabbed me was that I, I just think it's interesting how a pamphlet entitled Alcoholics and God could actually bring a rush of 800 frantic inquiries, you know, because that the word God would actually be, it sounds like it was an advertisement rather than a deterrent. And, you know, I've witnessed really the opposite with that word, that, that so many of us begin our journey with this absolute certainty, like I did. I don't need God. Please, please make it anything but. And because um, there was such arrogance with me. And then, you know, what really happens is um, there's like a process where we um, surrender and we're met with this kind of reassurance that no one's going to tell you what to believe, just that you're going to need to. And, um, you know, and I thought, for me, I thought I was so unique and smart that I substituted other things in. Um, And I laughed today when I realized that there was nothing unique or original about it. Like, I, yeah, people use the group, the dog, a chair, a doorknob. And um, I heard a great, someone sent me a podcast recently by um, an AA speaker, Sandy B., where he said, like, something to the effect that eventually we all just make the leap and use the word, that nobody with 10 years sobriety still calls the doorknob their higher power, that our own internal conception just grows and evolves, and the simple word can be used to mean whatever your concept is. And the other thing um, that really grabbed my attention is how each inquiry was painstakingly answered. And... To me, that's an indication of a powerful fellowship that actually means what they say about um, our um, purpose is to help one another. And that's what I think is so unbelievable about our particular group that we meet, you know, every morning together, Um, but that those of us who have left our names as newcomers or needing any support, we know that this is the case, that our fellows thoroughly and carefully with thought answer our pleas for help. We we do this painstakingly. And my experience is that I've yet 
to put out an inquiry. I've yet to ask for help to reach out and not be received with, like, love, thought, and and clear direction, right? Because in the past, I could put out inquiries and I could get people to co-sign and just agree with whatever I sort of came to them with. But this is different. We get actual direction. And um, thanks for that. I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. Leah S. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., recovered in Brooklyn. This is a very important paragraph to me. Um, The reason it is so important is because this is the second time the 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 alcoholics books um the alcoholics anonymous book is being published it's not like it's it's like okay so people want to know about it but now all of a sudden it's getting a lot of fame and remember we're dealing in 1939 when when the world is everything by mouth everything by by um by reading or by mouth and those who were drunk, I don't think they always went out to the library to buy a book. So this was this was spreading very quickly, and people were seeing results. That's what the 800 frantic inquiries was, that these people were like, what is this? Is there really a cure? And... Um, uh, and that's, I'll tell you the truth, that that was what really brought me into these rooms because I had somebody's really um, unmuted and making noises. But anyway, um, uh, so so really that's what really brought me in was because people, they when they were talking to me, they were really... There was no way that they could just, you know, say, oh, you know what, go to another Weight Watchers, go to another this and that. And not only that, this didn't even cost you money, nothing. <laughs> and then more groups were, you know, it was starting to grow and grow and grow. And then they're saying towards the end that not only were there a bunch of inquiries and people were trying really desperately, but each one of them at the end of the sentence, 800 were on their way to recovery. Really, this is a simple program. It really isn't so difficult. It gives you step by step, and that's all that is required, where none of us are perfect, but we just continue trudging, and then we get, we get, we get the results. We get the promises. We start getting them. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Pamela E. Well, Hi, Pamela this is e. Pamela. Oh. Hi, Hi, Pamela. Hi, Pamela. You know what? Since, since, excuse me. Since there was a little pause there, I thought I'd just let anyone who got on the line late know uh, what you're going to share about, and that is the fourth paragraph on page X. V-I-I-I. Go right ahead, Pamela. Okay, thank you so much. Pamela out in California. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being on the line. Amazing, that sentence. 
alcoholics and, and God, you know, that this was printed in a, you know, a magazine uh, back in the 30s, a religious magazine. And today, knowing that, and even in the process of writing the book, that the God got to be the higher power, whatever you wanted to be, whether it was the concrete or the sun or just the voice of another person in recovery. And then today, I wake up and I shake myself off from the fears and regrets and remorses of the day before. And I get to do it the night before to do the step 11. I get to do it throughout the day and to do my step 10s and to look at my part and keep my part of the street clean. And what do I do? I'm on this, on the way to recovery. I wake up on that train from one day to the another living in recovery living in recovery for this day and with your hands and with your voices and with your guidance and with the literature of AA and OA and now the the new Zoom meetings or the phone meetings and it's like, whoa, and every day is quite a journey and it's amazing and I get to step out of fear and have God guide me. My higher power guides me. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and go forward in the way that God would have me, my higher power would have me be every single day. The phone rings. I'm busy If I with a fellow on the, on the line. If I can pick it up, I'm going to do it because people do that for me. People do that for me. And it's a miracle. Last night I took my friend out for her birthday and they brought the free birthday treat thing at the end. I didn't want it. I didn't need it. I didn't care about it. I looked at it and it was beautiful. It was art. Before I would have had to have my spoon and try to get my spoon in there before the birthday person got theirs in there. So living in recovery for this for this day and glad to be on the line with you all and glad for your hands and that I said your voices and glad for that book from night from 1939 I just want to say thank you to all of you have a blessed day thank you Pamela thanks uh Sheila S hi this is um, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater in New York, and thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Can you hear me okay? You know, for some reason it went out when you were saying your name, but now I can hear you. Wanted to say your name again? Sure. This is Sheila S. I'm a uh, compulsive overeater in New York, and uh, thank you for your service. Wanted to share today um, what jumped out at me about the reading was that somebody had to, a group of people had to scramble around and answer those inquiries. And um, and I just think about how grateful I am that they did. And I also think about how much I can relate to wanting to be of service like that. Um, I It still astounds me because I had been in the, this program several years ago and never, uh, never made it to step 12 service as I have now. And I remember back then thinking, well, I just want to get what I can out of this program and, and I can't imagine I would ever have time or you know, be of any real service to anybody, uh, thinking somehow that I could pick and choose among the steps. Um, 
Also, I just was thinking about some of the other shares in terms of this being a simple program, and the, the trick is that we actually have to follow the steps. And um, uh, how many years I tried to make it complicated. I mean, I want to complicate it. I, it can't be this simple. Um, but it isn't easy. Um, but it's glorious. It's wonderful. Uh, I'm still at that point where I'm I'm shaky with the uh, how how grateful I am. Like it overwhelms me. Uh, I get emotional just thinking about it. And um, that desire that I'm sure some of those people who are scrambling around to send out uh, the information to those inquiries, um, I'm sure they were filled with that desire too to give back somehow to say, wow, I mean, huh. How could I be so lucky for this to happen to me now? How how can I get back? Like, what can I do? Um, some days it's, it's I do this because my life depends on it, and other days it's like I do this because I can't possibly thank this program enough and all the people in it. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Pam. Uh, hmm. Sheila. Uh, Sheila. Sheila. S, correct? <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I forgot. That's a check mark next to your name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you, Sheila S. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. What struck me is that this is the second time the word frantic is being used. And I know it was shared before, but I looked it up, and it says, conducted in a hurried, excited, almost chaotic way because of the need to act quickly. And the example it gives in this definition is about resuscitating, that somebody acted frantically when he was resuscitating the girl. And that reminds me, you know, am I acting quickly? Am I taking action as if my hair is on fire when it comes to um, putting down the food and working the steps? and staying in recovery, that this requires um, almost frantic action. And, you know, they were into action. They were just doing, 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 doing. They didn't say, well, you know, I don't know if I have time. It's not so convenient. I'm a little bit tired. Action, action, action. They didn't sit there. They didn't analyze. They didn't postpone. They didn't do a five-year. I mean, they had a vision but they weren't sitting there into thinking and into analysis. It was a lot of action. And maybe it wasn't quote-unquote perfect, but it didn't matter because it was the action that was getting the results. Um, and what also struck me is that you know, they were shocked or surprised that the message could be carried not just by mouth, but also in a book. And that reminds me that when there's a message of depth and weight based on absolute truths, it doesn't matter what the medium is, a book, word of mouth, a telephone, Zoom, Skype, it doesn't matter. It matters the content of the message. And by studying this book, you know, I learn how much depth and weight there is to the program, the principles behind the steps, and that's what works. It doesn't matter who the sponsor is, if it's a phone call, if it's a this meeting or that meeting, it's, it's the, um, the program of recovery that was getting the results. Um, and then that part about action and doing and service, you know, they painstakingly answered 
those um, inquiries. And um, I have to say on this meeting, it's, it's true as was shared. If I put out a question, if I put out a need for help, it is amazing the response. Um, and I need to ask myself, am I doing the same in return? Um, am I frantically practicing the program on an individual level? And am I putting the needs of others first and asking God what I'm needed for when it comes to giving back? And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva P. Geneva P. Hi, this is Geneva P., Grateful Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. And I, um, wow, this paragraph is full of good stuff. And I was thinking about my own experience um, and introduction to the 12 steps and how, you know, I initially started working the 12 steps for another addiction. And that, you know, cleared away and the obsession was removed. And then, you know, there was another addiction and I worked the 12 steps. But to think that there are 12, those same 12 steps apply to my compulsive overeating, which really at, at the core level for me probably was the first drug that I used um, to make my feelings go away. And so I'm just so grateful today that I was finally, finally willing to come to Overeaters Anonymous and to embrace the program. I remember I was at my um, grandmother's home maybe four or five years ago, and I was fighting coming to OA. I thought, I'm already working two 12-step programs. You know, I'm not going to pick up a third one. And on her refrigerator, it said, one more 12-step program and your life will be perfect. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, thank you, higher power. Um, I wasn't thanking him at the time, but I knew what I needed to do. And I've been going through some loss lately, and this paragraph reminds me of this amazing fellowship that is available today. I mean, the resources that we have today are more, um, they're just so abundant if I have the willingness to work it. And, um, you know, with this loss, I've reached out to, like um, Katie G said on, on the Sunday recording, you know, reached out to my spiritual board of directors. The fact that there are women in my life today that are wanting to guide me and help me. And all I have to do is pick up the phone and tell them what's going on. And, you know, they have walked through this with me. I, I didn't know about going through loss before. I would just eat and make it go, make those feelings go away. And I'm really working on not doing that. So um, alcoholics and God, you know, that's, that's it. And I came into the program saying higher power and my higher power revealed himself to me in a very personal and intimate way. And for that, I'm grateful. I'll pass. Thanks, Geneva P. Tanya P., and then we'll see how much time we have to take other names. 
Good morning. This is Tanya P. from Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Thank you for your service and for all those who have shared. Um, I'm going to echo what Reva talked about, um, the words frantic, um, that struck, that stood out like a big deal um, because on the previous page, we see two men set to work almost frantically. Um, and then we have another uh, frantic rush to um, get help, uh, 800 frantic inquiries. Um, and for me, the, just the word frantic causes a little anxiety in my chest. Um, if I'm frantic, um, the definition that was read was, you know, had the word excited. I, when I'm frantic, I'm never excited. I am um, looking uh, for help. And I came to program in the early 90s, um, not frantic, but curious. I did want to lose weight. What was this Overeaters Anonymous thing all about? Um, I wasn't yet at my sickest, but in 2013, um, I was frantic. I had my disease had progressed, and I was looking for the answer. Um, I'd tried, you know, exercise. I'd tried it all, as all of us have. Um, and the other thing that stood out for me is the astonishment. I think that. Um, I have experienced uh, astonishment in terms of recovery, um, especially in the last year when I began to uh, use the big book and, and found a sponsor from this healthy meeting. Um, to my astonishment, I've lost over 100 pounds um, in about 18 months. Um, and that's, I'm 61. I'm not supposed to lose weight that fast. Um, and thirdly, the third thing that stands out to me is that um, businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to prospective newcomers. So the network begins. You know, I've had referrals from uh, from vision friends uh, saying to a newcomer or someone who's working the steps, you know. Call Tanya P. and ask her if she'll do this and such for you, um, because we know each other and we we have uh, determined, you know, hey, this person has a lot of experience here, or this person has some strengths in this, and I'm so honored by that referral. Um, and I imagine these these businessmen that went out to uh, prospective newcomers were honored by that too, because. Anytime I can share my recovery, I am blessed, um, and I'm blessed by this fellowship. I'm so glad to be on the meeting and so glad that I was um, prompted to share this morning, and I love you all. I'll pass. Thank you, Tanya P. Uh, we have time for one, two, three, four, five more shares, I think, and um, if you haven't shared in the past, three days and would like to share on that paragraph at the bottom of XVII to the top of XVIII, give me your first name and last initial. Christina J. Karen K. Christina J. Karen K. Laura K. W. Maybe? Nadia John K. Maybe? I'm not hearing anybody else because when Christina J spoke, so did someone else whose last name 
maybe starts with a K. Who was that? Karen K. Karen K? Yep. Aaron? Karen. Karen K. Karen okay. with a K, yep. K, K. Yes, got it. I see my Laura W. Karen K. Okay, I, I happen to hear Laura W. You may have been out of order, but I'm going to write your name down. And two more Kim names. T. Kim T, is it? Yes. Okay, Kim T. Sam S. Is it Sam S? Yes. Sam S. Okay, I know that this might not have been in order of who tried to get their names out, but this is who I heard. Christina J, Karen K, Laura W, Kim T, and Sam S. Go right ahead, Christina J. And Nadia E. Well, Nadia E, I'll put you on the end if there's time. Go ahead, Christina J. Thank you. Good morning, everyone on the line today. And, you know, I, I have to jump in with several others uh, about this word frantic and thinking back on my overeating history I and, and being born into this world, I have to tell you that I, I think I've been frantic from my bones to my skin since I was a kid. It, it's always been really a strange life, and I've gotten myself into strange places. I've been frantic emotionally, spiritually, um, physically, and this disease was just the icing on the cake to feed all that frantic, crazy nervousness. You know, when I'm standing in front of the refrigerator um, and there's that irritable, restless, and discontent, there, it's a frantic energy. It's so uncomfortable. Um, and so when I would go out and look for these diets <laughs> and I'd see something on the news or hear about a new diet, oh, my God, I, I, part of me would get frantic because I was going to work that program frantically. I, you know, this word is so important for me because it makes me realize that this this core energy in me is not peaceful. You know, it never has been. The only thing that makes it peaceful is these 12 steps and working this program. And, you know, I'm not perfect, and this frantic energy can come back at any second. And so even if I don't feel like working these steps, um, I get tired at my long day at work. I'm dealing with some heavy-duty physical issues right now, and I get chronic fatigue that knocks me over the head. But I can tell you that if I pick up the phone, regardless how tired I am, and exercise my emotional energy that's crazy or tired or whatever, I get relief. I get relief. These steps give me relief, reaching out, being of service, um, and sharing my experience, strength, and hope. I'm so glad that they frantically brought this program to us way back when or, you know, started it. And I'm so grateful that they used this word. Um, When I came in, I really wasn't interested in the uh, God part. I mean, I figured I had God. I didn't need to... um, to pursue that, but that has become the foundation of my existence. Without that, without my gods and skin, without all of you and uh, my husband and people that love me and care about me, I would just be a mad woman. I, I wouldn't, I would, I probably would be dead. I'd probably be maybe 600 pounds in a bed dead somewhere. So the only thing that calms this frantic energy down um, is kind of frantically working with others. <laughs> to twist it around here and um so i'm just very grateful um i just vision uh has saved my life and thank you all and i pass thanks christina j karen k
Karen Kay. Good morning. I'm Karen Kay. Um, I'm a compulsive eater, and my credits don't uh, transfer. What really stuck out for me is um, it's, some of it has already been uh, touched on, but using mail as well as word of mouth. Um, some of the uh, new events that come around, I may get a text on it, uh, which to me is a an, 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 an indirect word of mouth, but also mail. Um, when about when um, around March, I was the first time that I was ever blessed to be able to buy a hundred roll of stamps and be able to mail schedules to people. Uh, the elderly that didn't know how to do phone meetings and and practice with them, and I was in a frantic way because the 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 mailboxes probably about a half a mile from me. So I would mail every day, every day. And then I was on a meeting, um, a Zoom meeting, and it's all over the world. And so, this is when OA Services uh, World Office was closed. And this woman needed a book. I mean, she was hungry for this program, no pun intended. And so I never knew what it would be to cost something, to mail something to the UK. Well, it was $24 from Syracuse, New York. So I'm like, wow, but she needed it. And it was, you know, it was just an awesome thing to be of service. And I have some beginner packets that a local group allowed me to use. And so when there's something there and I have it here to mail to somebody, uh, I, I love snail mail. I, I was on a meeting in Australia and I mailed the information out on June 24th, and this person has not received it yet. So it's a beautiful thing um, because that's how they did it then, and I'm kind of an old gal um, doing things that way by mail. Um, texting's okay, email's okay, but I have to go with the changes. Uh, I love A Vision for You, and I'm learning so much, and I'm growing in my program, and I, I praise God for everything and all of you. Take care and God bless and be well. Thanks, Karen Kay. Laura W. Thank you. This is Laura W. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today in the Chicago area. Um, this reading makes me think about how history repeats itself. Um, I think about how they were they were astonished that the message could be spread via the mail. And it turned out you know, they, their whole goal was print a book and, and spread the message with the book. And then um, turned out the message could be spread via mail. And um, <clears throat> I'd been on, you know, this um, vision meeting for a while now, over a year, but I had never um, really participated. But I, I knew that I got the message um, via the phone. And then um, this pandemic hit, and I knew there were some some meetings that were video meetings and that, and I knew about Zoom. But when this hit, people frantically searched to spread the message. And now, with what has happened with these Zoom meetings, uh, there I I know I have been able to attend meetings, workshops. Um, even in my area, there's meetings that are on the north side of the city that I never get to or the south side of the city. And they're, you know, it's an hour drive for me and I don't want to go to that meeting. <laughs> Sometimes I can't go to a meeting that's an hour away. 
but now I can attend and what a blessing and the message is being spread and um, it just amazes me you know that history just repeats itself and once again uh, we now I think you know years after um, this is all over and we can go back to our face-to-face meetings which are always so wonderful but I think we will always continue now to use this practice of the um, the Zoom meetings and the the you know the virtual meetings where we can see one another and spread the message over the internet and um, you know over the world. So it's amazing to me, and I'm always so thankful for this program. With that, I pass. Thanks, Laura W. Kim T. Good morning. Um, hopefully, this always makes sense in my head, but when it comes out, not so much. So, but God's got my back, right? So, um, what brought me to want to share was when it talks about the frantic inquiries, um, the rush of it that that occurred, and I think Melissa mentioned that, and with the title "Alcoholics and God." that there was an actual rush of that. And that makes me think of a miracle um, when we're in line with, with God or our higher power, as you understand it, anything is possible. And that makes me think of the miracle and that happened with healing in me that I can go from this woman who ran and ran while I was in so much pain. Last night I was writing an inventory and I had to take a break because my hands hurt so bad because of some medical conditions. But yet in this disease, I would run seven, nine miles. And how did I treat it? With food. I mean, it was pain on top of pain on top of pain. But with this book, I love my Bible. I love my Bible and I love my church but I couldn't find a way to heal the disconnect from God. I couldn't find a way back to him until someone said, OA, of course, I only heard about the weight loss. That's all I cared about at the time. But now with this book, I can heal in ways from exercising and eating. I get to be part of women that painstakingly help me, but also are examples so I can help people in a painstaking way. I can be a part of a purpose because of my higher power, because of God. I'm just so grateful for that. I'm grateful to be part of something that's no longer death and hopeless, but something that creates a rush of inquiries. I get to help answer the inquiries as long as I stay in line with God. And this book shows me how to do that. Thank you all for your service and thank you for your hope. I pass. Thank you, Kim T. Sam S. Good morning. I'm actually going to, I'm going to give my time to Nadia this morning so that she can share. Thanks. You know what, Sam, if you're still on the line, we have four minutes, so you want to do two, and we'll give Nadia two? 
Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, this is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, and I'll go quickly. You know, what really st- stuck out to me this morning is that the book was published in spring of 1939 and that at the end of 1939, there were 800. So, I mean, 700 people in that time grew. And, you know, I think um, I, I'm just I'm just so amazed by how much it grew. And, and you know, God, you like we'll read in the next paragraph, you know, God uses another person and another person and you can't stop the force. But, you know, what's necessary is you need people. You know, there has to be an, an, an alcoholic, a recovered alcoholic to help another person. It's not enough to just read the book on your own. Like, I can't read it and then work the steps on my own. I need somebody else. So I'm just so appreciative because God, you know, God works through people and that is, that's how it spreads. So just here to be, be a channel. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam S. Nadia E. I hope I got your name right. There is time for you. Three minutes. Yes, it's Nadia E. from Toronto. Thank you for your service. Um, so I had to to put in my um, what what struck me because the word frantic normally I would um, shy away from because I don't do rushing in my life. I do things um, slowly and I pause. So I didn't really like the word initially when I heard frantic, but I understand and I can appreciate when these people um, were so excited and they had to get the message out there. And today what's, um, what's frantic, what I do is I need to read uh, my sponsee's step 10, 11. Um, even if I'm exhausted at night, I need to read it and I need to respond and I need to share my experience, strength, and hope. And um, so thank you, God, that after more than 25 years of recovery, I don't eat frantically. Um, so I just, I need to plan. And if I need an emergency snack, dinner is going to be like five hours away or something crazy. So that, that's that. And um, I'm so grateful for these meetings and with that I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nadia E. Anyone have a one-minute share? You know what? This is Rebecca Ashley. I'll just mention that I Googled um, the Liberty um, article, Alcoholics and God, and it's available to read, and it's quite remarkable. Um, And also that um, Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick is uh, referenced at the bottom of page 572, in the appendices, and um, that is the religious view on AA, and that's worth taking a look at also. And uh, with that, I will pass. Um, So let's see here. Um, Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. Uh, We actually don't have a share ID number right now for today's meeting. Unfortunately, uh, the system isn't working quite right. 
Uh, but please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Marge O. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning again. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 